Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's Friday, which means we're looking back on the week with fun and thoughtful Salt Lakers. Our guests this week are the two people I would absolutely want to see me through a crisis, community health advocate Shireen Gorbani and disability advocate Shelby Hinsey. It's Friday, March 11th, 2022. I'm Ali Viarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Shelby and Shireen, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Hello, hello. Thanks. Excited to be here. Before we look back on this week, I do feel like we need to address, Shelby, that you have had a big few weeks. You joined the Great Resignation. How are you feeling? I did. I'm good. I have made a career switch. Um, I am like one of the weird millennials that stayed at the same job for basically right when I got out of college and yeah. have been there for eight years. I'm working in journalism and trying something new now. And I'm excited to, well, I'm, I'm on the third day of uh, my new job now where I feel like I am probably the dumbest person on the planet. Um, <laughs> But hopefully we will, I've, I've learned as I've gotten older that really none of, I mean, none of us know what we're doing. Yeah, that's um, right. And, and the people that like seem like they know what they're doing are the ones that like are faking it the most. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll go from there. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. You'll be missed in the news realm, but I hope that you'll be on this show a lot. And so we'll still get to keep your opinions and your journalism expertise in this world. I don't know about journalism expertise, but I do have a lot of opinions. So, <laughs> and I'm excited to be able to um, share those a little bit more, I think. Yeah, unleash them. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Speaking of everyone is pretending they know what they're doing, let's lend our expert opinions to this week in news. <laughs> Um, So this is our Friday roundup. We're looking back at the week that was, and then we kind of promptly look forward to the weekend or this weekend spring forward, if you will. Of course, Daylight Savings is on the horizon. Shereen, what's on your mind this week? What's on my mind this week is behavioral health and mental well-being. And I think that there uh, are a lot of reasons. I was on a bit of a rage hangover at the end of the legislature. I find Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. time of year to be kind of hard. Um, There's something about, you know, I think T.S. Eliot said April is the cruelest month, but I think maybe where he lived, it's like what's happening here now. Um, So these like swings in weather and I don't know, so many things and coming up on the time change is like always this time of year, I think can be a little bit hard. So I've been Mm -hmm. thinking a lot about like behavioral health, mental well-being and how people access resources because Mm -hmm. we don't have enough mental health providers. We don't have enough people really in this realm. And the state has identified that as a problem and is working to invest. And that's good. Um, you know, but I think it's still amazing how many people I meet that have a really hard time understanding how to navigate the space and where to find resources. So I know we're like jumping right in, but can I like throw a couple at you right at the Yeah, top? absolutely. Give it to us. <laughs> so, typically, there are, you know, a number of different resources where people may be able to find support on a sliding scale. And I think in light of um, especially the, you know, anti-LGBTQ legislation that we're seeing, um, Encircle, uh, the Pride Center offer services that might um you know, feel directly connected to that community. If those places don't feel safe or if you're looking for other suggestions, 
Come and find me on social media, slide into my DMs, and I'm happy to connect you to some other resources. But just Mm -hmm. more broadly, kind of two things I think are sometimes hard to navigate or you're not sure where to start. Um, Intermountain has a phone number that is available seven days a week from 10 to 10. And that phone number is 833-442-2211. And that is a hotline for all Utahns that can help navigate the system and connect you to resources. So one more time, that's 833-442-2211. That phone number is, is a place where you can call and start the process regardless of your insurance status, regardless of your documentation status. If you're looking for resources, that's a great place to start. Also, a lot of companies have a thing called an EAP. So this is like your employee assistance program. And I think sometimes people don't quite know how to navigate those, but that can be another place where you can get connected to mental health resources, uh, behavioral health support. And really, really, I think if these last two years have taught us anything, it's that this is something that people need. And there's absolutely no shame in getting some support, especially in these times. Yeah, absolutely. When we see people, our friends struggling with things, that's a great number to call and say, hey, I have a friend who needs some help. You know, I want to let's set them up an appointment because when you're in that space that you're working through the hardest system at the least capacity. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to help people around you out. It's just say, let me make an appointment for you. Let me take this off your plate. All you have to do is show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really important to mention that like a lot of these resources, like you said, Shereen, are available to people without insurance or who are between insurance providers. Like I recently changed jobs and that had an effect on how my therapy was covered. And that's been, I've taken a financial hit from that and navigating continuum in your mental health journey is so important. And that stability is so important. And that can be one of the hardest things about losing insurance or getting new insurance is figuring out how to keep that process. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I I really appreciate that we're having a little bit of time to talk about this because I do think there is such an incredible stigma. I've you know, access therapy. It is an incredible privilege that I've been able to do that. But I really do think that it like saved my life. Like I was in a very uh, grief stricken and angry place. And it was a incredible lifeline for me. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that dramatic. You don't have to be in a situation where you're just like, I'm about to lose it um, to to seek help. And I I just want to encourage people to do it and to know that that is in absolutely no way something that you should feel shame about. Yeah. And it's so good to establish that care before you're in a crisis, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. It's so helpful for when, you know, something happens and you begin spiraling and having that kind of already established care instead of trying to jump into it when you're already just suffering. Totally. Not to mention like the process of shopping for therapy or shopping for a therapist is Ugh. can be really crazy. And especially if you're like, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're queer, you want to find someone that can really connect with your experience. And it is, yeah, it can be hard. I mean, one time Shereen, I called you and was like, I don't think I have the right therapist. How do I break up with them? And the advice you gave me was tell them you're better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't I, need to know. The, the first time I was trying to access therapy, so for anybody who doesn't know, I use a wheelchair and I was really frustrated. And so I was trying to find therapists that call my doctor and say, who do you recommend? They sent me to someone. It took forever to get an appointment. I call her to set up this appointment. And she's like, 
oh, my office isn't accessible. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is what I was coming for. And your office isn't accessible. And she was really great and felt really bad and whatever. But I think it is so important to start trying to figure that out before you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this anymore. On the note of mental health, the thing that I sort of can't let go of this week or that I would say can't let go of me is my climate anxiety. So it's funny. So like. We're all doing great. The theme of this episode is we're all doing our best. Um, Spring is in the air, and that got me really excited. And every spring, I order a new pair of sunglasses. It's kind of like my little spring ritual. And I ordered this pair of sunglasses that are they're square and they're rose-colored. And mostly, I ordered them because I saw Sydney Sweeney wearing them in an episode of Euphoria. But they arrived this morning, and I wore them out to take my dog for our morning walk. And here I am in my rose-colored glasses, feeling good. And all I can pay attention to is that every tree in my neighborhood has been basically decimated by the snow. Early spring is doing a lot of damage. And the snow that we got this week, while it was great, these trees that were so wet and warm are completely bent over in my neighborhood. And it got me thinking more about like, if you're a farmer and your crops started blossoming early or growing early and then they froze, um, it's all just kind of bad, bad, bad. So I came home from my walk and I read the news, which is my morning ritual. And there were two stories in the news that just like put me over the edge. And one is some reporting from KUER that said, yeah, the snow is great, but it made about a 5% impact in our drought. And so we're, we're still where we were. We're in a mega drought. Things are bad. So came home, ripped off my rose colored glasses threw them across the room. I'm just like kind of in a dark place with it. I need some climate optimism and I don't feel like it's within reach right now. Oh, I definitely cannot offer it because I, <laughs> I'm with you. The, um, the, the swing in temperatures, the 70 degree day that we had, I know that climate change is not weather, right? But when mm-hmm. you're experiencing it and you're seeing the plants and I remember the hummingbirds showed up early this last year and like yeah. all that kind of stuff feels very disorienting. What I would also say is this: there's there's a support group for this. There's yes. a climate focused um, group. I, I want to say it's called the Good Grief Network. Um, there's a there's a whole community that is gathering around people who are experiencing real, uh, real distress over mm-hmm. what's happening with this. Yeah. Well, pencil me in for that climate support group. But I think the other thing is like, okay, the legislative session's over and I am absolutely celebrating. I find it to be really exhausting and often demoralizing, even though we did see some good bills this year. But like, does that mean we're not going to talk about a lot of these issues for another year? Because (laughs) that also feels like I kind of want to be like, no, no, everyone go back and only talk about climate because we're not done here. Right. Let's talk about the lake every day. Yeah, basically. Well, and I think um, I think COVID has really showed us this as well. We're really good, and I think part of this is a, a Hollywood issue of we expect these really bad things to happen as like cataclysmic events instead mm. of seeing them as slow burns, like literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the slow burn is more torturous because it's like, if it was a meteor, if it was melon, if I was Kirsten Dunst in Melancholia, I think I would just be like, okay, I'm going to go lay out in the street and we're going to get this thing over with. Put on but a nice like, dress. Some, put on a nice dress. Like, <laughs> we'll midsummer it up. Yeah. I don't know. What's on your... Scared <laughs> I'm scared to ask. <laughs> I'm not going to make this any better. <laughs> Shelby, what's on your mind this week? 
Um, on my mind this week and on my mind always is the rent is too damn high. Oh, the mm-hmm. rent is too um, damn high. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is a Kim C. Gardner um, Institute report that just came out that rents went up 10% or more this year. I have been in the process of trying to buy a house also in the last year I th- or few years. I think every millennial is in that constant like, I'm just going to be on Zillow and I have these Zillow reports and then I'm going to hurt my own feelings. And even, you know, a few years ago, I just started looking for a house and thought, oh, I can't afford this. And now I'm like, okay, well, now I really can't afford <laughs> right. this. Um, I have so many questions and almost like, I don't want to call them conspiracies, but like, I want to understand, I wish I understood this more mm-hmm. as to like, what is the problem? How do we fix this? So I'm probably not the person to ask, you know, to give you answers other than just to be annoyed mm-hmm. with this. Um, you know, we're building lots of new rental units. Um, the report said like 12,000 new units are coming on board, but still so many of them are considered these like luxury apartments right. and are not. And then that just pushes up the cost of just the kind of normal apartments. You know, on top of it, I have, you know, an accessibility need as well. I can really only live in newer buildings, mm-hmm. which are more expensive. Yep. And, and also just from, like, a really selfish standpoint, they're, like, not as cute. And that's important to me. Yeah. That's very important to me. Um, And then another thing that I've noticed, we're building lots of new apartments, but we're not building very many condos. And allowing people that kind of entry-level purchasing power. And I want to live in the city. I want to live downtown. But I would like to get some of that equity out of it. I live in this apartment that I've lived in for eight years. I can't reach the sink in my apartment. You know, and I'm paying four digits every month Mm -hmm. to not be able to reach the sink in my own apartment. Yeah. And so figuring that out. I, and I think that a lot of people are frustrated with this and, and I would love to see more condos. I think in my like conspiracy theory mind, it's we build more apartments because you can raise the rent every year and you make more money off of that. But yeah, I, that was also one of the things that drove me to therapy in the beginning was feeling that very, like, I'm never going to be able to buy a house Yeah, and I'm just going to keep paying rent, even though I'm paying basically what I could be paying for a mortgage. Right. And um, many parts of this are really opaque, right? So it's kind of hard to yes. see. What are we talking about when we're talking about these apartments coming online? I need a GIS person to do this for me so that we can really look at the, the spread of what these apartments actually are, the ones that are coming online, the average price. I think in that report, it says that they're mostly full. Like our vacancy is under 2 at or under 2%. Is that what? Yeah. It, right. That's right. Yeah. So we're talking about a really tight market, which is absolutely allowing people to be able to raise the rent. And and it is interesting to know, like, what is it going to take? And what is the appetite here to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real restrictions on just this continual climb without people really seeing those dollars reflected in, um, you know, the job market necessarily here. And I think, especially when we think about gas prices, inflation, everything else that's pinching American, mm-hmm. you know, American people, like there's, this is hard. And it's incredibly difficult to really get your get your mind around the enormity of this problem. Oh, yeah. 
you kicked us off talking about mental health, Shireen, like housing insecurity is a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. In three months, my current lease on my apartment will expire. And I texted my landlord last week to be like, hey, I know I'm getting ahead of the game here, but I'd love to renew if you're cool with it. And the little response, like typing bubbles came up and then went away. And then it took her three days to get back to me. And those three days I was wrecked because I was like, if this lady says, Nah, we changed our minds or yeah. we're going to sell it or whatever. Like, I don't know what I would do. That insecurity. And frankly, like there are basically zero protections for renters in this state. <laughs> who do we yell at? Where do we channel all of this rage? Yeah, that's what we so do. There, is, there are a lot of things that can happen at the municipal level. Um, counties often have housing authorities. Those are places where, you know, really innovative and important decisions can be made. Dollars that are coming from the state, the state did uh, on, uh, in a good turn of events, right? Um, extra dollars came into affordable housing, but really deeply affordable housing. And as Shelby points out, there are a lot of individuals that have, you know, mobility needs or accessibility needs. And our stock of accessible housing is mm-hmm. incredibly low. So there, there's so many challenges in the, in this space. And the investments that were made are welcome, they are needed, but the diversity of housing, the, the kinds of housing, like not just as we're mentioning, you know, single family, condos, apartments, there needs to be more of all of it. And that mm-hmm. gets to be a very difficult conversation. Um, there are many layers to this. Mm-hmm. The weekend is upon us. And hopefully the three of us can get out and set loose a little bit. We are we are wound up pretty tight. Um, Shelby, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, I'm getting a haircut, <laughs> which is always oh. a nice time. Um, this is so stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have a mm-hmm. bunch of things to return to a bunch of different stores. And when I return something, I feel like I made money. And maybe that's why mm-hmm. I can't buy a house. I recognize that that is not fiscally correct, um, but it feels better. And it feels like, Mm -hmm. oh, I made a bad decision and now I'm rectifying it. I will say, I think you should not assume that the fact that you like to shop is the reason you can't buy a house because that takes the onus off of this relentless market and puts it on you. And I don't think you should do that to yourself. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't let like CEOs tell you that your avocado toast habit is why you That's aren't right. a, C- a CEO too. Very true. I'm sorry <laughs> that I like cute clothes and it makes me happy. Yep. <laughs> I support you. Shireen, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade is back. And I mm-hmm. um, I love this parade. It's over at the Gateway. Um, I don't know. I just find it so deeply amusing. Once, One time I was in it, accidentally dressed as Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> International woman of mystery. And were you, um, how, so how this are year? you accidentally dressed as Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> Um, well, I was wearing green, but then it started to snow and I had a like a kind of a maroon red mm. um, rain jacket. And then I also had a red hat. All right. I support that. <laughs> so I went from wearing green to cloaked in a Carmen Sandiego costume. Well, now I have a green coat. Mm. And I am ready to roll under any weather circumstances. So I think it's just a cake. Um, it's a fun thing you could take, you know, the family to if that's your jam. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm excited for something incredibly simple. Are you are you both normal ice cream connoisseurs? Shireen, I know you are. Shelby, have you been to normal ice cream? I've been there. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't call myself a connoisseur. 
My favorite normal ice cream flavor is back. It's baklava ziza. I'm going to read the composition of this um, ice cream sundae to you. Greek yogurt soft serve, roasted pistachios, Aziza locally made, shout out to Aziza, baklava bits, and burnt honey ganache. It's the perfect treat. I might get one every day. Um, I might even, depending on how I'm doing on the mental health front, I might do a double (laughs) ice cream, which I sometimes do, which is where I go to normal, I get an ice cream, and then I go right down the street to Dolcetti and get the coconut sticky rice ice cream. I love that thing. Yep. Those are two of the best things happening in a cup in this entire city. They're on the same street and they bring me enormous joy. So that's what I'm looking yeah. forward to. It's simple so pleasure. what we're saying is get out there. Get out there and indulge. <laughs> um, have a fantastic weekend, you both. Thank you. You too. You too. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you to my guests, Shelby and Shireen. Fun fact, Shireen is married to our lead producer, Nick Steffens. It's a family affair. Our producer is Diane Maggiapinto. Our newsletter writer is Madeline McGill. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by Mitochondria. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. A bunch of freak childhoods sing out louders. (laughs) Ha ha ha.